Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh opening day is fast approaching. Opening day for uh, Major League Baseball, but uh, the home opener is actually not that far off. We're uh, we're about two months away from uh, the uh, the home opener, uh, and also just happens to be two months away from the uh, total solar eclipse. And uh, here in Cleveland, uh, a day that is rapidly growing into something uh, more than just uh, you know the the annual home opener festivities and everything. Uh, it's becoming sort of this this monstrosity. We've got uh, school districts calling off for the day, and you know all these uh, you know public utilities are, are you know sort of being aware of what's going on, uh, not just uh, you know globally, but you know here in Cleveland where they're expecting uh, a bunch of people to show up in in the city, uh, making basically just chaos downtown. Uh, when uh, when the eclipse happens, uh, all of this coincides with the home opener and uh, the Guardians are are starting to, uh, you know, figure out and formulate their plans for it. Uh, what were you able to find out uh, about? Uh, are we any closer to knowing the starting time for uh, the home opener? Uh, Joe, I think uh, we will know in a, in a couple of days. The Guardians uh uh, have said, you know, they'll release the uh, starting time, you know, in the ne- in the near future. But what we do know right now is that it won't start, you know, before 5:10 p.m. Uh, to, uh, you know, let the uh, uh, the solar eclipse come and go. So, uh, you know, they're not playing uh, baseball when uh, <laughs> they're in total darkness when the uh, when when the moon, uh, you know, kind of slips between uh, the earth and the sun. So, um, you know, uh, you know, right now, uh, according to NASA, the um, here's the uh, schedule for the uh, to, uh, the eclipse. The partial eclipse will start at like 1:59 p.m. Uh, then the uh, total, you know, the total eclipse will begin at 3:13 p.m. Uh, maximum eclipse will be 3:15. Uh, the total. You know, eclipse uh, will start to, uh, you know, fade at 317. And then the partial eclipse will come and, and go around 429. So, you know, that's kind of the schedule. I guess everyone is going to be, uh, you know, set their clocks to uh, on uh, April 8th for the uh, home opener against uh, the White Sox. Uh, over the last few uh, home openers, uh, that weren't affected by uh, COVID or uh, by uh, a, a delay or, or anything like that uh, with a labor dispute or anything. Uh, you, you, your normal standard home openers, they've usually started around uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. That that was the the case for the last several, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, so you know, kind of an afternoon game, right around four o'clock. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think uh, obviously that's not going to happen uh, this time around. So for more uh, information or when we find out when uh, the the home opener does have a firm start time or what the uh, the events around the first pitch for the uh, the home opener against the White Sox on April 8th uh, entails, uh, make sure you stay with us here. Listen to the podcast. And if you uh, subscribe to our uh, subtext service, uh, you'll know first uh, there uh, we'll, we'll push that information out to you right away. Uh, Guardian subtext is a great way to. Uh, get uh, information like that first and have a chance to respond and uh, ask questions and answer questions 
uh, from us. Uh, you can subscribe for $3.99 a month uh, or by going to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346 uh, if you want to join us there, uh, especially with spring training rolling around uh, next week. Uh, you uh, you want to get in and, and get the updates there through our Guardian subtext uh, service. Uh, Hoinsey, uh today I thought we'd spend some time uh, looking at the bullpen and uh, the depth options there as we uh, looked at the starting rotation uh, last week and we talked about, uh, you know, you're not just going to need five arms. You're not just going to need five guys. Uh, very rare, uh, very rarely do you go uh, an entire season with the, the same five guys. Uh, making all all of your starts for you uh, in your rotation. Uh, even more rare that you would uh, have the same, uh, you know, eight to nine guys in the uh, the bullpen throughout the entire season. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be uh, a little bit of turnover during the year uh, based on performance, based on injury, based on need, that kind of thing. Uh, but for the most part, we do know who some of the uh, the main players are going to be as long as, uh, you know, one of the most important arms back there doesn't get traded before before or during the season. And that's a possibility or at least a rumor uh, in Emmanuel Classe. Uh, if, uh, what do you think the chances are right now that Classe survives the season as a member of the Guardians? Oh, I think those chances are really, really good on that, Joe. You know, unless, uh, you know, they really go in the tank or something unexpected happens. I think this is a guy that he's on a great club, uh, you know, club friendly contract. Uh, he's led the league, uh, the big leagues and saves the last two years. He had some hiccups last season, but, you know, if you talk to the Guardians, um, you know, they think that was more about bad luck than anything else, maybe a little overuse. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a member. Of the, I think he'll play out, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the alliance share of that contract in Cleveland. Yeah. And, uh, there is a, a new, uh, while the, the pitching coach Carl Willis is back uh, and he has a lot of say sort of in, uh, in the, uh, the volume and the use of some of these arms, uh, Brad Goldberg is now the bullpen coach, uh, so he'll be out there with these guys on a regular basis. Uh, so a new face and a new voice in terms of, you know, uh, maybe their, uh, you know, how they're deployed in, in that sort of way. Uh, so, so maybe there's, there, there's the ability to take a little pressure off of, uh, class A in, in a number of different ways. Uh, one of them is Scott Barlow, a guy that they brought in, uh, in a, in a trade with, uh, San Diego. Uh, Scott Barlow, uh, you know, when he's going good, uh, can be, uh, can be a guy who closes games, can be a guy who's your, your eighth inning setup guy, uh, and, and can be one of the better, uh, right-handed arms in, in, uh, in the American league. Yeah. Uh, interesting, uh, you know, acquisition, um, Cleveland Senate, Aniel, um, De Los Santos to a San Diego for Barlow. Barlow's kind of a guy, Joe, that does it a little bit different. He's not a flamethrower. He relies, you know, maybe 70% on his breaking ball. Um, but he's, you know, he's experienced. He saved 15 games last season with uh, Kansas City before getting traded to the Padres. Um, and, you know, very good against uh, right-handed hitters, 208, uh, batting average. Uh, lefties are hitting 279 against them last year, but you know, a veteran guy who's been around. Yeah. And, and the guardians are familiar with Barlow with his work with Kansas city. So, 
you know, uh, it, it might be a little easier to to sort of assimilate him into, you know, what uh, what this club is doing uh, when he's out, when when he shows up in camp and, uh, you know, having seen a, enough of him uh, previously, they, they sort of know what they've got to work with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've seen uh, they've seen him good. They've seen him bad. You know, they've hit him. They haven't hit him. So, yeah, they have a good read on him and uh, they feel that he can take some of the pressure off uh, Class A and and uh, Trevor Steffen at the back end of the pen. As we get to uh, to Trevor Steffen, obviously uh, a guy who, uh, you know, has has been really good for stretches, uh, has has struggled, uh, you know, after he uh, had that sort of lights out uh, second half of the season in 2022. Uh, you know, was a little up and down early in 2023, but then then sort of got it together. Uh, what do you make of uh, what Trevor Steffen was able to do after signing that contract extension in the offseason last year? Yeah, Joe, I, you know, he was uh, uh, second on the team with 71, um, 71 appearances, second to uh, to Emmanuel Class A. He got used a lot, just like Class A did. Uh, and he just and he had problems closing games. You know, he got tagged with a lot of blown saves. Um, and he still went seven and seven, four point oh six ERA. Um, you know, he um, he had, he pitched. You know, he pitched with a bad back, uh, something that bothered him uh, coming into spring training and really kind of never left. And I know he was excited about you know going into this this uh, off season you know, where he wouldn't have to rehab, where he could where he could just work on uh, conditioning and get ready for the 2024 season. So we'll see how that goes. But I would think he's still a viable back-end guy, Joe, seventh or eighth inning. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, I thought he I thought he did a pretty – his splits, you know, with, with all the problems he had, his splits were still pretty good. You know, right-handers hit 245 against him. Left-handers hit 239. You know, he had a he had a little problem. He had some problems with the long ball. You know, six home mm-hmm. runs uh, compared to what he had allowed uh, the year before. Yeah, and and you talk about uh, that that those health concerns or anything that was bothering him throughout the season. Uh, they still used him a lot, and the, the plan probably is still to use him a lot this season. Uh, we're going to see a lot of Trevor Steppen. Uh, throughout the duration of, of 2023, as long as he's able to get out there on the mound. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's, uh, you know, he signed a multi-year deal. He's a big part of that bullpen, and uh, you know, I would be surprised if he's not a viable uh, late-inning uh, go-to guy for manager Stephen Vogt. Uh, speaking of uh, guys with with health concerns at the beginning of last year, uh, Sam Hentges obviously was delayed coming out of spring training. Uh, but once he, he got his feet under him uh, in the regular season, you know, he, he sort of returned to that form that uh, that we expected him uh, from 2022. Uh, and, and this is a guy who is, is really sort of paying off with the patience that uh, the Guardians have had with him uh, out of the bullpen. He's, he's one of the, the, the better left-handed relievers in the American League uh, coming in, in the late innings. Yeah, big guy, you know, six, five, six, 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 seven. A big, strong left-hander. They don't have a, too many left-handers in that pen, so uh, you know he gives people a different look. He's a good matchup guy. You know he's going to have to improve against uh, against lefties. Joe, uh, lefties hit 280 against him last season. Right-handers only hit 248. 
but yes, yeah, still another another guy that made 56 appearances, three and two, three six one ERA, uh, 56 strikeouts in 52 and a third innings, only 18 walks. So he's not going to hurt himself in that category. Yeah, the uh, the, the sinker when it's going well uh, for for Sam Hentges is a. Uh, it's re- he's really tough on um uh you know right-handed hitters uh that's what made him so effective in 2022 but uh definitely gotta gotta figure out the problems with the lefties and and, and get that all taken care of uh Tim Heron uh, a guy who who was up and down a, a bunch last year uh what do you think the chances are that that he breaks camp with the with the club if if they need uh, another lefty out there in the bullpen. Yeah, I think, you know, he did last season. Uh, you know, he, he made the, made the club out of spring training. I think that was, you know, we had, they had some injuries coming out of camp and they had to shuffle things around. But, uh, you know, they, they gave this guy every chance in the world, Joe. And, you know, he is, he is a prototypical left-hander, big, tall guy, throws hard, kind of a three-quarters motion. Um, didn't have a lot of success at, at the big league level, one and one. 5.53 ERA. I think he was up and down five times, but uh, Joe, he dominated. He dominated at Triple uh, A. Uh, lefties only hit 087 against him. Righties um, 207 against him. You know, he was a different pitcher in Columbus. So hopefully, he's ready to make that step uh, to Cleveland. Yeah, that or that really is. Uh, he might be one of those, uh, you know, cases where. It's the finishing at the major league level that he needs that uh, that last step of development uh, where that command and control really comes into play, uh, where, you know, you, you, you can make mistakes maybe a little bit uh, at triple A that you couldn't you can't make at the uh, the major league level. And uh, once he cleans those up, uh, Tim Heron looks like he could be, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, promising in, in that regard. Uh, Nick Sandlin, uh, this is a guy who. Uh, another one that that they they sort of called upon regularly during the uh, the season, and uh, you know when he's going well, it, it's it's it he's a he's a guy who can get you out of jams. He's got sneaky velocity. Uh, he's got good movement uh, with that that three quarter delivery. Uh, Nick Sandlin, obviously a guy who's who's probably got a spot in the bullpen coming out of the uh, out of spring training, I would think. Yeah, Joe, he's, you know, real sneaky. He's got that, you know, that three-quarter motion from the right side. Uh, and last year, you know, he's had durability problems in slash injury problems in the past. But last year, you know, he made 61 appearances, 5-5, five and 3-7-5 five, five ERA, um, you know, 66 strikeouts, uh, 24 walks and in 60 innings. And, uh, uh, Joe, he, he was really – you know his splits were were uh, you know you know were were solid. Um, his uh, you know his splits were uh, you know only left-handers he dominated them. 131 lefties only hit 131 against them. Right-handers were 203. So uh, you know that's encouraging. That was probably his best year in the big leagues. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a good you know uh, you know kind of a, a matchup guy late in the game, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, one guy who, who we've seen sort of come along and, and really get comfortable now uh, when he's out there at the major league level. So uh, Nick Sandlin, an option there. Uh, Eli Morgan, uh, really a, a, a sort of a tale of two seasons for Eli. 
there were times when he struggled and there were times where he was was really good and and sort of a, a, a huge piece for for Terry Francona uh, in that bullpen. He talked about how Eli was a, a you know very important uh, to that bullpen uh, just in situations where he would go out there. Uh, what do you make of, of Eli Morgan? He used to be a starter. He, he's come in and sort of embraced the, the reliever role now. Uh, and, and this is a guy who can, with, with that changeup, that, that changeup is so special. He can strike anybody out if he's got his command and, and his fastball, uh, you know, on lock. Uh, the, the changeup is just one of the best pitches in that bullpen. Yeah, this is his second year, you know, full year in the, in the pen. Uh, he made 61 appearances. And like you said, Joe, when his changeup is on, that's his best pitch. He is, you know, he's really, really effective. Uh, he has, you know, he has a tendency sometimes to hang those changeups. That's why he gave up uh, nine home runs last year. But, uh, still really, you know, he's, you know, he's a solid, solid piece in that bullpen. Uh, left-handers only hit 197 against him. Right-handers hit 313, so you know that that's uh, you know that that shows that those splits aren't exactly. He doesn't have the splits exactly where he wants. No, the uh, the right-handed split is is, is definitely uh, one that they would like to see uh, change around there. Uh, Eli, you think Eli have uh, you know pretty safe in terms of his uh, his his spot in the in the bullpen uh, coming out of spring training? Yeah, Joe, I, I think, you know, all these guys, you know, we're talking about, you know, we've, we've talked to, you know, they've been pretty, you know, consistent presence in that pen for mm-hmm. two or three, two or three years now. And, uh, you know, like, you know, all managers always say the pen is the most volatile place. You know, you, even if you bring back the same guys, um, you know, you, you, you can't count on the same performance. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, Eli has had two, cons- you know, two pretty solid seasons behind him now. Uh, and I would not be surprised if he's right in the middle of that bullpen, you know, in, in the kind of the middle innings, one of those bridge guys to the, to, from the starters to, uh, to the, to the late inning guys. Well, now you talk about a, a bridge guy, the ultimate bridge guy last season was, uh, Xavion Curry. Uh, obviously this is a guy who started a few games. He's, he's in the mix for, you know, uh, maybe, uh, the, the guy who does, uh, spot starts and starts double headers and things like that. But, uh, really, if you want to talk about a guy who, who rescued the bullpen at times, not from, a you know, going out there and, and locking down and winning games that way, uh, sort of perspective, but from, you know, and at those times when you need somebody to give you some solid innings and and rescue the starters and and, and preserve uh, arms that way, or when the bullpen is short one night, Xavier uh, Curry did everything that was asked of him last season and more. He was he was uh, you know everywhere they needed him to be. He stepped forward and and did it with the proper attitude, and I think that was you know that really earned him a lot of respect, not just in the clubhouse. Uh, but in, in the manager's office and with the front office, uh, I, I think they really like Xavier Curry based on not just uh, the way he performed, but but his approach to it as well. Yeah, Joe, he didn't back down. He was a rookie. What, 41 appearances? He, you know, they threw him in the nine starts. You know, for a time he was, you know, taking a regular turn in, in the rotation. Uh, not a big velo guy. Uh, 67 strikeouts, 30 walks. Um, 95 innings, but he threw strikes, Joe. He put, he made people put the ball in play. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he did. He did everything they could they could want. I think he's one of those valuable swing guys. And uh, you know, we'll have to see how the, how they use him. Uh, you know, he kind of made the team out of spring training uh, because of injuries. Um, you know, I would not be surprised if he started the year at Columbus in a rotation. You know, get stretched out there and maybe would be brought up if they run into some problems. But uh, you know, he he really you know he didn't do anything to hurt himself last season for sure. No, and that's you mentioned maybe starting the year at at Columbus and and being you know, one of those guys is a phone call away and, and can, can come in and, uh, and give them a, a spot start or innings. That's, uh, that's really, it's not an insult to him based on, you know, what he did last season. Uh, if, if they, if they find that that's the role they need for him. So, uh, you know, those are the guys who are on the 40 man roster in the bullpen. Now we've got, you know, a whole bunch of guys who are non roster invitees, uh, there, there are some starters in here, some guys who have starting and relieving experience, uh, as well, but, uh, you know, we'll go down the list here of just a few of these names, uh, starting with, uh, somebody who's a pretty intriguing name, uh, Franco Aliman, uh, who's a non-roster invitee, uh, six foot six, 235 pound righty, uh, and, and by all accounts last year, uh, I believe he was with, the uh, as high as double A Akron last year, and he was, uh, lights out in terms of his numbers. Yeah, four and four, three three point three eleven ERA and uh, thirty nine games. Struck out eighty four guys in fifty five innings, Joe. So obviously big arm, uh, and I I think he's probably just in camp, you know, to get to get a look to see how big leaguers do it, and uh, he'll probably you know go back to uh, to the minors for more seasoning. But you know, kind of a name to remember for sure. Yeah, I, another uh, you know rookie sort of in along that same track maybe is uh, is Tanner Burns, uh, a guy who's a six six foot two ten uh, righty, and you know he was uh, in that draft class where they took uh, what like twenty pitchers at, at one time, and uh, he, he started off as a starter, and now uh, now looking at him as more of a in a, more of a relief role. Yeah, another guy like that. He he was a starter right up until last season. They moved him to the bullpen at at Double A Akron. Uh, interesting guy. Um, you know, I think he's got out of Auburn. Um, so uh, you know, high round draft pick. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see where where he fits. And uh, you know, I think he'll probably you know go back maybe. Uh, you know, go back to Akron, go back to Columbus, and where he starts the season there. But you know, they have depth, Joe, and they they have to have uh, people you know backing the backing the uh, regulars up. And I would think uh, Tanner is going to be one of those guys. Uh, another uh, name here, it's a familiar name uh, for uh, Guardians fans who've watched uh, over the last several years. Tyler Zuber, uh, a non-roster invitee, uh, right-hander, five eleven, one ninety-five. I had some experience. Uh, in the the Royals organization, so uh, you know Cleveland has seen him a lot. Uh, maybe a guy who, if he pitches well, uh, you know they they get him to to take an assignment to to AAA and 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 see if he's a guy who gets a a, a shot to to come up at at some point during the season. Yeah, Joe, you know he um, he really he hasn't pitched in the big leagues. If I'm reading this right, since uh, 2021, uh, so. You know, uh, uh, we'll have to see, wh- you know, exactly what, you know, wh- why uh, Cleveland brought him into camp. Um, 
and uh, you know, just uh, another guy, another arm, another guy to uh, you know to uh, you know fill that depth out because uh, you know the, obviously they need some depth. They uh, you know they need some depth uh, in the bullpen, and uh, we'll see where he fits. Yeah, uh, Zuber missed the 2022 season with uh, shoulder surgery, and I believe he was in uh, Japan, uh, you know, in, in 2023. So uh, speaking of injury, uh, Anthony Ghost is uh, is a non-roster invitee. Uh, we see Ghost uh, is, you know, well-documented his his climb, uh, you know, from, uh, uh, you know, going back to the minors after uh, his, his time as a, a position player and outfielder. Uh, and then starting over as a relief pitcher, uh, Cleveland brought him up and, uh, you know, he, he came up and, and debuted, I believe, in 2021 uh, and, you know, then had the uh, the injury, uh, hurt his elbow in, in 2022, had to have Tommy John surgery and missed all of last year. Uh, what do you make of Anthony Ghost and, and I mean, the chances that, you know, he could pitch his way onto any roster at some point uh, this spring? Yeah, he's really an interesting guy. A good story. Um, a guy that's what, thir- you know, 33 maybe. Uh, so yeah, he's 33 years old. So, uh, you know, you, you've got to wonder, you know, when, uh, you know, just how much he has left in the tank, but he throws hard, Joe. We've seen that before. He's, you know, high velocity. Uh, last season he was three and all with a four, seven, one ERA in 22 games for Cleveland. Um, and you know, he had like 28 strikeouts, 14 walks in 21 innings before he got injured, you know, so it's, it's a feel good story. And, uh, you know, you know, one thing, Anthony Ghost is going to be ready. He's going to be ready to take his uh, to take his best shot in spring training. And, you know, he's one of those rare guys, Joe. He made his big league debut as an outfielder. Now he's trying to get, you know, recreate himself as a pitcher. Yeah. And uh, if anything, just having him around the clubhouse and having him around the facility there. uh, Good for the young guys on the club, uh, for sure, to see how to do it the right way uh, following Anthony Ghost's lead. Uh, because he is uh, certainly the guy uh, that that everybody's uh, you know want, wants to say he's the, he's a, he's a great teammate and uh, uh, just a special uh, person, not just player. Uh, some some other names: uh, Jaime Barea, uh, a guy who has got has some starting experience and some relief experience. Uh, they they got him. Uh, he came over from uh, the uh, the Angels, uh, where he basically had the most significant time in his career. Um, Anthony Banda, who's a lefty. Uh, Nick Enright uh, and Adam Aller, uh, also guys who will be in camp. Uh, anybody in this this mix of non-roster invitees uh, that that you're sort of looking forward to seeing and and seeing if you know maybe they could become a story and uh, you know pitch their way into uh, if not a spot in that bullpen, which looks pretty crowded right now, uh, then definitely uh, to be one of those guys who you're you're sort of anticipating their call up at some point during the season from Columbus. Yeah. I got a couple guys, Joe, one, one guy's on a 40 man that we didn't talk a lot about Cade Smith, uh, you know, had a big year in the minors last season. He pitched for team Canada in a world baseball classic. He went five and three with a 4.02 ERA, 15 saves, 95 Ks in 62 and two third innings, Joe. So we've, we know he's got the velo and I'm just wondering where, you know, if he can kind of sneak into that pen somehow or help them, you know, during the season. 
Yeah, that uh, you know, Cade Smith. Uh, how, how did I how did I gloss over? How did I miss Cade Smith? Uh, I, I completely skipped that on the uh, uh, the forty man roster as I was scrolling by. But uh, I, I know the one that you're gonna that you're leading up to here, and the one that I was sort of saving for the end. The guy that we could pretty much do an entire podcast on, and we have in the past, uh, <laughs> James Karinchak. Uh, uh, where does James Karinchak figure into all of this? We know he has so much potential. That curveball is so special. Uh, last year was such a struggle for him, and and we never really got the whole story as to why. What are you expecting out of James Karinchak, and and what what can the Guardians really expect out of him this year? Yeah, Joe. I mean, this is this is one of the most interesting guys in the, on this roster. You know, he's. You know, he does yoga. He does, uh, you know, he, he, before games, you can see him stretching in the sun out in the, out in the outfield, you know, running laps bare or running sprints barefooted, doing his yoga, you know, with just shorts on and just barefoot and shirtless. Yes. That's, bare, that, that's barefoot the, uh... and shirtless. And Joey has such a great arm. I mean, you know, nobody really hits this guy. That's the, that's the amazing thing. You know, he had trouble throwing strikes. He had trouble, uh, uh, controlling the running game, you know, he, when he got runners on, you know, that, that, that's usually spelled trouble for him, but this is still a guy that, you know, right-handers only hit 148 against him, uh, last season, uh, you know, lefties were 241, but, uh, you know, uh, this is a guy, you know, two or three years ago, he was challenging class A to be the closer. So, you know, he's got some work to do. You know, one thing for sure, he's going to be in shape. He's going to be motivated. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see just how, you know, where he fits and how much of a chance he gets this spring. Yeah, he did spend a, a significant portion of the, the season last year at AAA trying to figure things out. Uh, after opening the season, I'm, I remember opening day, uh, the, the season opener, uh, you know, giving up the late home run. And uh, it, it really it really didn't ever get back on track fully for him last year. Uh, there were moments where where he was effective, but uh, again, I don't think we've seen the best of James Karinchak since, you know, maybe since the the first two seasons when he was called up. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy that you know they said he lost some velo last season. You know, you know that you know that's kind of a subjective thing. I think he did, you know, didn't look hurt. He never went on the IL. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that's, you know, he's a two pitch pitcher. He's a fastball curveball, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you lose the guessing game when, when, you know, you're only throwing two pitches, but he's still, it's, it's a big arm, Joe, and it's hard to give up on a guy like that. Yeah. He was, he was most effective when, when, uh, he was working with Brian Sweeney, uh, out there in the, the bullpen, uh, obviously Sweeney. Uh, moved on to be the uh, the pitching coach in Kansas City, so uh, who knows? Uh, maybe a, a new voice and and uh, you know something changing uh, in the manager's chair uh, will uh, will inspire or motivate Karen Check. And you know it, it's always uh, with him, it's always that mental game. It's always between the ears. Uh, so you, you've got to you know when things are going well in that regard, I think uh, he, he performs really well. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing it this year, uh, out of the bullpen. All right. So, uh, we're only a few days away from, uh, these guys joining with the, uh, the starters and, and getting out there, uh, for their first, uh, couple of workouts there, uh, in Goodyear, uh, Hoynesy will be out there, uh, next week, 
and we will look forward to reports on uh, what the bullpen arms are doing and what the starters are doing uh, from the Guardians training facility. Hoinsey will uh, check in with you tomorrow for one more podcast here uh, this week, and then uh, spring training awaits. All right, Joe. 